Hello and welcome back to the Book Wrecked podcast where we talk books, movies, writing struggles, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Minerva, and I'm currently broken over the first two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm Irene, and I'm constantly spraying vanilla perfume all over my room to mask the scent of dirty laundry. And I'm Vesta, and I love bullet journaling. It helps me organize my life. So ladies, how's your week been? Um, it's going all right. In terms of the books that I've started reading the past few in the past week, um, I started rereading King of Scars by Lee Bardugo so that I'd be all caught up again in time for Rule of Wolves, which is the sequel to that series that's coming out March 30th, I believe. Um, and it's been going really well. I'm really loving reading about Nikolai and Zoya again. Their banter is so fun and they're just so amazing to read about and I miss Nina so much it's just been a really fun thing um and then I also just finished reading Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by Jennifer L. Armentrout which is the second book in the From Blood and Ash series um it was also really really good it felt very much like a second book um I do love this series a lot though. Poppy and Hawk are really great characters and their story is really different from a lot of young adult books that I've read. It's not just about like this one girl who's in like this questing world um, and she's growing to become like a leader. Um, The world building is done really, really well. And even though she does have her own powers and she does have her own leadership qualities, it feels like she deserves them every step of the way and she grows as a person and their relationship, everything that goes wrong in their relationship is dealt with really nicely and it seems really healthy in comparison to a lot of other young adult romance tropes that I've seen. Yeah, I also uh, read Kingdom of Flesh and Fire a while back, I would say, and I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I like how the world expanded. In addition, something that's really unique with this book is that not everyone likes Poppy. Um, She's not really the most popular person in the series in regards to like the other characters um, disliking her, uh, which is different from other YA novels. And I'm really excited for the next book. And uh, the ending definitely had me wondering what would happen next. So I'm excited. in terms of the Lee Bardugo world and what she has been releasing, I still need to read King of Scars. And I really do want to get ca- caught up on her books and maybe reread the Six of Crows duology before uh, the TV show Shadow and Bone comes out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just finished Flesh and Fire too. And um, Vesta, by Poppy not being popular, what do you mean? Like, do you mean in terms of like readers or just like other characters? in general other characters like I remember last time we were talking about the last book of like the Shatter Me series and how everyone liked Juliet and was just like oh she deserves to be in power uh and we see like kind of the opposite with Poppy which I found interesting so in addition to reading Flesh and Fire I am currently reading Kingdom of the Wicked and um, I absolutely love Amelia and the main love interest, Rap. And I'm really excited to just continue reading the book. And I'll update you guys as I get closer to the ending because I'm not far enough to say anything right now. So this week, we're actually going to be talking about a book that's been written by one of our very own hosts, Vesta. 
Her book, Return of the Malevolence, follows the story of young Levi Sage, thrown into a new world where he's expected to train to fight in the quickly approaching 100th war against the oppressive malevolence. As he learns more about the history of the Six Kingdoms he's now expected to call home, he must understand the role he plays in its future before the malevolence come calling again. Sounds cool, doesn't it? We're here to take you behind the scenes of the publishing process by asking Vesta what it was like from an author's perspective and what Irene and my experience was like being beta readers for this book. And without further ado, let's get into it. So tell us the backstory and inspiration for this novel. Like how on earth did you just like come up with this idea? So the origin story of this book is very interesting. Um, I was learning about various ancient civilizations when I was in middle school. And then I was introduced to the caste system of India. And like, I found the concept of caste very um, intriguing and thought provoking. So I thought about like what this would look like in a different setting. Um, so that's like the general background of where this story comes to be. I thought about like different like levels of caste. So I came up with like masters, malevolence, sorcerers, royals, hunters, warriors, and then scholars. And then I thought about like the inequality that um, people would face in these caste systems and oftentimes like the unrest or unhappiness of people. Um, so then I came up with like this concept of like the throne trials. What if the person in power thought, hey, let's have a competition to reorganize the caste. So like there's seven representatives that are chosen to represent each caste. And through this, these like trials, um, the representatives reveal like the best qualities of their caste as well as the worst qualities. And so by the end of it, uh, one of the uh, representatives of the malevolent kingdom uh, reveals that like he is evil. So that is like where the um, antagonists of this story come to be. Um, so then it's said like in a prophecy that there will be 100 wars uh, with like the other six kingdoms against the malevolence. Um, and then in the final war, uh, which will be the 100th, like either the malevolence or like the other six kingdoms will remain standing. Um, so basically this book follows a group of teens um, who attempt to defeat the malevolence in the final war. That's really cool. So you started your whole process with the world building and the backstory to how this world came to be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, another question for you. Writing a whole book takes a really long time. And one of the biggest problems that a lot of writers face is staying inspired enough in their idea to write their first draft. So how did you keep up your motivation to write and actually end up finishing that book? So one of the biggest things for me to finish the first draft was having a routine. For example, um, throughout like around my freshman year of high school, I would write every day after school until about four. Um, and then through that, I was able to finish the first draft. And then after that, I took a bit of a break um, because editing is so daunting and I didn't really want to deal with it at the moment. Um, so later on, like it was just a bucket list thing for me or like this huge goal that I had in high school to publish a book before I graduated. And it was like something that I really, really wanted to do. Um, so I took it up again and I was so determined to finish it. And something that 
helped me in finishing editing it was that dream that I had to become an author. Um, and I knew at, at the back of my mind that if I did not publish a book or did not put this book out into the world, I would regret it. Um, so yeah, it really pushed me to keep going um, through many late nights um, and many headaches over keeping track of the various plot things and details, but I would have to say it was definitely worth it. That is so beautiful. I admire you for your courage and strength for getting through that entire book. Like, that is beautiful. Um, so this was actually a very popular question. Plotter or pantser? Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm not completely sure. I think for this first book, I was more of a pantser. Um, for example, I didn't really write out an outline or, you know, like write something out in terms of like planning the characters and that type of thing. But I did think about the book a lot. Like every night before I would go to sleep, I would think about the book and I would try to brainstorm what I would want next to happen. So I kind of did know like which scenes would come next. I had these characters in my mind very much envisioned and their backstory and like what they would be like, what they looked like. I don't know if that would be considered a pantser or a plotter, but that's what happened with like the first book. Um, and then for my second book, I'm definitely more of a plotter. <laughs> definitely, I'm planning a lot more for my second book and I'm like probably might do an outline or at least a character outline just to get my thoughts down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a fine line between both. And I think it's good to have like a healthy mix of both because you don't want to be so structured that you're kind of creatively limited, but then you also don't want to be so free that you write yourself into a hole and then you have to delete a whole chunk of it to like fix the issue. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question for you, Vesta. How long did it take you to actually finish writing your book and editing it? And while you're at it, can you also talk a bit about what the editing process was like for you? Okay, so it definitely took me multiple years to finish this story. Um, for example, I spent a lot of time just thinking about the idea before I even wrote it. I like thought it through. I um, went it over in my head a bunch of times about different things that I want to do. So that was like a period of time to the point of like as early on as I don't even remember when I first thought of it. So like whenever I had that lesson about the cast system of India is probably when it started. Um, uh, and then like the first draft, as I said, around freshman year of high school. And then I took a break from it. It was always like had at the back of my mind. And then um, during quarantine, I had more time on my hands, you know, so maybe fate told me, hey, you should probably finish this. So uh, during like the beginning parts of quarantine, I really worked night and day on editing it. And it took so much time um, and effort, but I just had that goal in my mind and I really, really wanted to get it done. Um, so in terms of the editing process, the editing process was so grueling and I definitely enjoyed writing it more than editing it. And that's partially due to the fact that I wrote the first draft in my freshman year. And then I started hardcore editing it my senior year of high school. So as you can imagine, my writing style and my level of writing in general was a lot different. Um, so there was a lot of things that I had to change. I had to reread things 
over and over again, I changed the plot a lot, actually. Like I changed a lot of plot things. So that mean I had to rewrite a lot of it as well. And the thing with editing is that you have to focus a lot more on the details than actually like jotting it down. So for example, when you're writing it for the first time, if there you come across a roadblock or um, you're not sure about something, you can just be like, hey, I can like just go back and fix it later. And then in editing, that's like the fix it later part. You're like at that part where you actually have to like deal with these things. Um, so there's so much you have to keep track of in the story to avoid plot holes. Uh, you have to worry about like whether people will be engaged during this part. Is this part entertaining enough? And just fine tuning things because this is your final draft will be the draft that people read. And that's very nerve wracking. Um, and even now, like I bet if I were to reread the book, I would find things that I would want to change. Um, and something that I came to terms with in editing is that in my mind, this book will never be perfect. Um, because every time I reread it, I would grow as a writer and I would, I would just accept it each time I would find something that I need to change. But the final draft that you would read if you read the book, I am very proud of. Okay, thank you so much, Vesta. That was really great. Um, I know that I have that same issue with the editing process. Um, I'm always having to write like all these little comments in my like Google Doc, and then it always says like, "Okay, come up with a name for this later," or like, "There's a gaping plot hole here, and I know it's there, but I don't want to fix it right now, so do that later." So I can't possibly think about the fact that I'm gonna have to go and fix all those things, but. You got through it and I admire you so much for it. Um, lastly, could you just tell us where people can find your book? So Returns and Malevolence uh, by Kimberly Shirai is currently available on amazon.com in Kindle and paperback. The Kindle version is $9.99 and the paperback version is $19.99. However, I earn the same amount for both versions. So just by the version that is the most convenient for you or that you would like. With that being said, this book would definitely not be what it is today without these two lovely ladies for being my beta readers. And for those who don't know, a beta reader is someone or people that will read a book before its publication to give advice um, on like the plot, different characters, how it comes across. Uh, etc and just help make the book the best that it can possibly be so with that being said we are going to be doing a mini q a so the first question is how was your experience being a beta reader what things did you look for and what type of advice did you give for me i had a lot of fun being a beta reader um, because when you're a beta reader you're just you're not reading a book just to enjoy it but you're reading it to make it even better um, for me, for the first few chapters, when I was reading this book, I was just looking for grammatical errors and other little structural things to do with sentences or paragraphs, because I was still getting to know the story's premise and the characters and what the world was like, and understanding what all these like different words meant. But then later on, when I knew the characters in the general world, I was able to start looking for more plot devices, um, any holes in the plot and any timeline discrepancies as well as those grammatical and structural things. Um, and yeah. Yeah, like definitely beta reading is just such an honor to be like a part of something bigger and you just have like this impact on the book. And 
just get to see it like flourish. Um, so I was mainly looking for like character inconsistencies and quote unquote like problematic aspects, not that you had any, they were all perfect. And just like cliches that writers sometimes fall into, but again, you didn't have any, which was great to see. Um, world building was just a main focus at me at the beginning because introducing the world can be really complicated and writers can fall into the world building dump. And I just wanted to make sure it was evenly distributed. And as I just went throughout the book, I was looking for major themes and how they were executed and just focusing on grammar, punctuation and smaller, finer details. And yeah, that was my main focus. Thank you for that answer. Throughout um, them reading my book, they left various comments with all of these like pieces of advice and they were literally so helpful. Like they would point out things that I didn't see um, and it was definitely a different perspective and it totally improved the book. Um, and it was also great to see their reactions to various things as well. <laughs> so. Like our like long paragraphs of like, ah, <laughs> this happened. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yes, yes. So our next question is, what were some of the most rewarding aspects of being a beta reader? What did you enjoy the most? Um, for me, I really loved being on the other side of things because I read a lot of books and I love reading. But then sometimes I'll be reading a book and I'll just kind of think, hmm, it could have been better if that one sentence was just a little bit different, like maybe the wording could have been switched up and it would have been more powerful. But, you know, those thoughts just kind of come in and then fizzle out because you can't really change anything. It's been published and it's in print and paper. Um, but then when you're a beta reader, the author does end up hearing your thoughts. So you can actually make a real impact on the book and try to change it for the better. So it was just a really great experience overall. And I think it was really great. It was a great learning experience as well to learn how to communicate my thoughts concisely and politely because one, you don't want to just yell at them and say, this is disgusting, which obviously it wasn't, but like you have to do it in a kind sort of way that they can understand easily so they know where you're coming from. And it's really important to know that there's a difference between what you might like as a reader and what's actually best for the story overall. And I think because I also do a lot of writing and I'm currently writing just short stories and novels of my own, it was a lot easier for me to find that line and stick to the right side of it. Um, I also really love being able to see the transformation from a first draft to a full cohesive book and just getting to be a part of that whole process. I think just the power of being able to say that I got to read a book before it got published and I got to have a hand in the full book that it is today just makes me really happy. Yeah, like Minerva said, like beta reading feels like you're in on this secret and no one else knows what you're talking about, but just it's just you and the author. And you just finally get to meld both aspects of your brain, reader and writer, and work on a project and just make it better. Um, I just love seeing my suggestions become a part of the story because you feel like you're living in these characters' lives and stories and you just get to kind of move them around the playground a little bit. And I actually enjoyed during this book, I gave more character and reaction advice because I was thinking about the point of view from the reader when I read wrong. And because of the young target audience, I was particularly focused on how they would view it. But yeah, overall, I just, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the entire thing. It was a blessing. 
And I will forever be grateful uh, for both of these two ladies for helping me out. And I literally cannot wait for when it's my time to be a beta reader. I am here. <laughs> I am ready. I am so ready to be a beta reader. And I am so grateful. And I will continue to be thankful for the rest of my days. Aww. Thank you so <laughs> much. I will totally exploit you as a beta reader when I'm done with my book. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. Don't worry. As we close, here is our hot take for the day. Editing a book is harder than writing a book. You know, I agree because making the whole book cohesive and knowing all the different parts of the book and fine tuning the style of the book and making sure it's consistent takes so much work and concentration. Um, a lot more of it than just putting words on paper. Although I do agree, here is a counter argument. Um, in order to get to the re like to the editing part, you have to write it first, which is where a lot of writers stop. Uh, so getting over the hump of the first draft is definitely a big one um, and is very hard as well. Let us know what you think in the comments or DM us on Instagram at bookrecpodcast. And that's all we have for this episode of Book Wrecked, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again on our next adventure. Mm -hmm.